Hi, welcome to the Curious Midlife Podcast, the show that brings you conversations for the multi-passionate Renaissance woman. I'm here to inspire you to create a new sense of self by daring to be creative in everything you do, and to see the world as a playground to move, explore, discover, and enjoy at any age. I help busy midlife women reclaim and increase their physical strength and confidence. Get your mojo back so you can feel brave and adventurous again and age with grace. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Angel, movement coach, filmmaker, eternal student, author of the book Breaking the Jump and creator of the MAP system. Stay curious, creative and strong. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Curious Midlife Podcast, coming to you again from the garden. So very happy with the new setup here, if you're watching on YouTube, or maybe you're just listening um, to the audio. So what I wanted to talk about today is how we think about our movement and a lot of how a lot of people don't acknowledge or are unaware of how emotional movement is. And it's these emotions that determine our actions and our inactions. How we think about moving for a lot of people is the key thing that actually stops them from moving. So imagine you're sat at your desk, you're tired, and yet you talk about this a lot and you say to other people in your life as well you know you want to get fit you want to get back in shape you want to have more energy you you know you're interested in health you're invested in this idea and yet when you think about moving you just think oh no my god I'm, I'm too tired I I don't have energy to do the tasks that I need to do as it is and now you want me to do expend more energy so here's the thing Movement begets more movement, but not all movement is equal. So how we move when we're in a tired state to re-energize us is very different or can be very different than how you move when you're already energized. And a lot of the times, emotionally, we think about moving as though we, we judge it as though we already have the energy to move. It's, it's what a lot of people call um, a cold start. So a lot of people don't train cold starts, but emotionally their mindset is kind of embedded in the ideas of what a cold start would feel like. So in the parkour world, I remember a training session one evening where one of the coaches, you know, everyone met up outside the the train station in London. And normally there would be a warm up. It would be, you know, a kind of jog to somewhere and then what you'd expect from a a kind of sports movement athletic based class where you know you'd warm up your joints and your your body and your circulation so you'd be kind of ready to move and then you would start scaling up the things that you would do so your central nervous system is on board your your joints have have been kind of lubricated and uh, and are happy to move a bit but that's not what the coach wanted that night and this kind of has a parallel with like how would you move in an emergency? You know, could you jump out of the window if your house was on fire? Could you, you know, uh, run and catch the baby? Or, you know, do you, how, how do you run when you know you're, you're going to miss your flight? <laughs> because believe me, you can find that power and strength and speed when you need to. So what happened was this coach, we arrived at the, the station, everyone met. 
and we literally walked 20 yards and then he set this challenge which was to then do what they call a precision jump so you land you take off from one spot and you land very precisely and accurately on the other spot on the other spot so you know on the a precision jump could be something as unintimidating as uh taking one spot on the ground and jumping to another spot on the ground not very far away that wasn't the case with this situation it was that you had to run from the top of the stairs and then jump and land on a railing so and then on the other side of the railing there was a drop so imagine you run you take off and now the stairs going down beneath you so if you if you don't make the jump if you don't reach the railing you're going to fall on concrete angular stairs if you go too far you overreach you overshoot on the landing there's a big drop behind it and then the landing itself is a small skinny round rail <laughs> so the challenge was and this was an advanced group of practitioners i was actually just filming that night um that you had to just turn up so you'd just done a little walk you're oh, hi all right mate da, 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 turn up and then do this very demanding jump and this was very very challenging in a lot of ways for those participants and what was really interesting to watch unfold were the emotions there were a couple of um, international guests who were there and they were so upset about this idea of like yeah well I could if I was warmed up and it's like well that's not the point of the training so how we move when we're warmed up, how we move on a good day isn't a reflection of where's our baseline. And a lot of the time in life, it's our baseline that's going to determine how well we do or don't do different things. So this is why not all movement is equal and how you think emotionally about moving and how you value the little moves. Do you judge your performance based on the context of am I warmed up or am I going in cold? Are you basing that context on I had a good night's sleep or a bad night's sleep? Um, I have a lot of stress in my life right now or life is a breeze. You know, how do you move when you're on holiday? How do you move maybe when you've come back from a holiday? How do you move when stress is really low in your life and uh, you're your nutrition's on point, your support's on point, your emotions are on point, your training's been consistent. All of our mindset and emotions around these different contexts of life influence how much we do or don't choose to move because our thoughts create emotions and those emotions drive actions and inactions, which is, and also our thoughts aren't always facts. They're not always true. They're not always real. But the effect that they have is that these emotions and then emotion, motion, emotion, in motion, the word motion, the word movement. So how you think about your movement, how you think about approaching movement and what you've chosen maybe in the past to value can really determine your consistency and sustainability in your movement practice. And consistency and sustainability are the two key things that are going to give you longevity, joy, and progress within your movement journey. You can go and do a retreat or a holiday. And I've, I've done these and I've helped out on these and I love them. And I've also seen people have 
incredible transformations because they're also taken away from the norm. They're out of their routine, which maybe means they get more sleep. Maybe it means they have less stress. Maybe it means they have community. They have people to move with on this retreat. They have sustainable rewards. They have a coach. They are led. They're not self-guided. And they have eyes on them to be a little bit more objective than we are to ourselves because we're not objective. So how we think about going into movement cannot be, or I would invite you to not disregard context and to start to think about other ways that where you can value this kind of one, five percent or 10 percent level of engagement. So to do no movement, to move in a way that's different from how you your body is normally sat. So if you had to make a, a sculpture at the end of the day of, okay, what did your body look like? What positions were you in for most of the day today? Um, would you look like a chair? Or would it be a kind of abstract piece of spaghetti? How we, we're a use it or lose it system, which also means we're a use it and keep it system. And we want to keep our strength. We want to keep our power. We want to keep our uh, mind sharp. We want to keep our metabolism good. We want to keep our nervous system calm. We want to have access to health. And having a health first approach to movement means having consistent and sustainable movement as part of your everyday life. If the challenge is when you think about movement, you only think about workouts that leave you exhausted and tired, then it's normal that you're not going to perhaps have much enthusiasm to keep to a routine and some kind of consistency of something that exhausts you. There are people who can do that and they have the discipline. And then you also need to look at, well, for how long? Was that a three-month project, a six-month project? Or are we talking about movement for life? And movement for life is something that I'm far more passionate about than a short-lived project. It's great to have the short projects. It's great to have the long projects. I did last year, um, I completed a 365 days to a handstand project. It was wonderful at the end of the year. I think I had a, like, a, can't remember if it was a seven second handstand or a 10 second handstand. This year, doing handstand has just, has just become integrated into part of my movement culture and the play and the movement that I do. I now have a 15 second handstand. I've maintained what I had and I've gone like a little bit, but it hasn't been a main project. I haven't had my coach. I haven't had the accountability. I haven't had the support. And I think it's because I was, you know, you can't, it's the difference between having a focus and then what are your everyday projects that you stay and maintain. So how you think about these 1%, 5%, 10% days, they add up. And choose also, I think there's a radical honesty that we all need to have, which, you know, I do this as well sometimes, where I have to think about, well, how many minutes a day am I prepared to invest in becoming stronger and more confident and maintaining good health as I age? How many minutes a day? So I don't think about it in in terms of a a workout or little things. For me, this is kind of dialed in now, but I still find myself, I can wander off, I can get off track, I can go down the rabbit hole of 
um, computer work, deadlines, creative projects that I want to do. And then, or I can overdo it in my training. I can be completely out of balance in overtraining as well as undertraining. And most people are, unfortunately, it's really easy to get stuck in one side or the other. And once you're stuck in one of those sides, it's it's hard to shift because change takes more energy than doing the status quo. Regardless of whether your status quo is I overtrain or I undertrain. So how we think about our movement is going to dictate how we move, what we choose to do that's sustainable, what we can do that's creative, what's going to feed us. And then also, a lot of the times, we're still looking for instant gratification. Like, well, I, I did three days of that, so why am I not seeing that? Well, you never got to the situation you were in overnight, so the solution is probably not going to be overnight. There are some things, you know, whether it's nutrition and you, you know, you suddenly realize you, you have a food intolerance that things can change really, really quickly. But in terms of especially um, when it comes to things like ligaments and tendons and really preparing the body. So, for example, the 365 days handstand project, um, we spent, you know, the first six weeks just doing a one minute plank. And then the six weeks after that, we moved on to nine inch feet off the floor, elevated planks. But you only did that once you were happy in your six minute plank, uh, your uh, on the ground, one minute, three one minute planks every day. So movement snacks are the entry point if you are stuck in overtraining, undertraining, thinking it has to be big or it's not worth it. Movement snacks is the way to invite you back to this mid ground, which is sustainable. You can have consistency, you can find joy. It'll improve your cognitive performance, your brain work, your memory, your focus. You will start to release tension out of your joints, which have been stuck in the same position. Because as I said, chair-shaped people break really easily. We want to be 360 degrees strong. And this is also going to bulletproof you from injuries and help rehab you and return you from any, any injuries you may have. So those are just the things I want you to think about. This is kind of like a mini podcast today, just going for 15 minutes, because I want to get these messages across and just invite you to think differently about movement, to recognize that movement is emotional, and to recognize that how you value the little things are is, is really important, and that a shift and a reframe of these little one minute, five minute, two minute, 10 minute things over time done consistently have the power to change how you feel in your body every single day. It has the power to change your physical strength, which gives you mental confidence because this shell that we move through life in, this physicality that we have, this multi-sensory way of moving through the world, when we know it has less limits when we know it has a capacity to do more things we that transfers and then we become confident in our ability to do many things and our confidence to be able to transform from i can't to not yet or like wow i did it so i had a client who i would show him new things sometimes and he'd just go can't won't never (laughs) 
And I said, well, that's very open-minded. And then within 10 minutes, he'd done it. So can't, won't, never is, and luckily, like, and this is where coaching comes into it because you can get really stuck in can't, won't, never as opposed to, oh, maybe not yet, let's say hello. So if you can transform can't, won't, never to maybe, let's see, not yet, let's see, say hello, everything is open to change. So think about how you move, think about how you approach movement, think about how you value the little movements and uh, make sure you check out and get your free movement snacks guide. So like, share, subscribe and sign up to the email because I'm offering uh, regular free trainings and so you can jump in and have a taste of that. So there's now a plane going overhead. That's time. That's it from today's garden podcast and take care and move well and stay curious. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the show. Remember to subscribe and leave a review and let me know what resonated, what you liked, what it brought up, what are you curious about and what you would like to hear. You can go to julieangel.com and you will find a bunch of great free resources there. There is the free Move More course, your free Movement Snacks guide. And if you are interested in reclaiming and increasing your physical strength and confidence so you can get your mojo back, be brave, adventurous and age with grace, then message me via social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram or through my website or email me at drjulieangel at gmail.com that's d-r-j-u-l-i-e-a-n-g-e-l at gmail.com and let's set up a call and until the next time enjoy stay curious and glad you enjoyed the show